It's Thursday, December 15th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle. It's episode 280, baby. How's it going, Tyler? 280. I like it. It's going well. 280, my guy. My guy. And uh, first and foremost, just want to get this out of the way. I want to apologize to Daniel (gasps) Platinum for not having an episode for him on his 15-hour flight to Australia. Yeah, I was talking to somebody earlier today. It was my dad. And he was saying that he ran out of new episodes, so we went back to the beginning. And he reminded me of something. I'll give I'll give him that. Going back to the beginning, we need to have Christopher Walken back on the show. Yes. I have mentioned that a number of times. Please yeah, bring your I'm, friend Christopher Walken. It's not the Walken same the when it comes from you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Anything I suggest in one ear, right out the other. I, should, but when I missed my opportunity it, to refer to my dad as my my wife's father-in-law because um, I saw a joke <laughs> yes. about that recently. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's like, wait, wait, wait. Did you just say that your seed funding came from your wife's father-in-law? That's your dad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. So good. Um, well, uh, Mr. Gates, it. hope you're doing well, sir. And uh, yeah, we got a new episode for you, which makes me wonder, did he listen to the episodes that you weren't on when you were missing for like two months? And if so, did he catch he, any of the times we were making fun of you? And did he tell you he about did. them? He okay, did. He good. said he guys ragged on me, but I, I will we did. never listen to a TVP episode. So I will never know. <laughs> I will only, third party. I can't, I can't stand the way I sound. So I'm never going to listen to the ones that I'm on. And, there you uh, go. <laughs> I mean, without me, is it is it even worth listening to? That, that is a serious <laughs> I'm question. Kidding. That, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a legitimate question. <laughs> that's a legitimate question. Okay, let's uh, let's get the let's get the today in tech history out of the way real fast, and then I think we have a couple Ooh. topics to talk about here. December fifteenth. I'm going to give you two of them, and I'm going to tell you that they're one year apart, and then you can guess the pair of years here. Netscape 1.0 was released and Alta <laughs> Vista launched. So Netscape Communications Corporation released Netscape, Netscape Navigator 1.0, the world's very first commercially developed web browser, uh, although this particular version was free for non-commercial use. Oh, and then the Alta Netscape. Vista launch, same day, a year apart, developed by researchers at Digital Equipment Research Laboratories, the Alta Vista search engine is launched. It was the first worldwide web search service to gain significant popularity. One of the most popular search engines in the early World Wide Web, which <laughs> I heard a comedian talk the other day. He's like, what is WWW short for? Can you tell me? It's World Wide Web. Uh, right. No, you're wrong. It's not short for anything. It has three times as many syllables as World Wide Web. <laughs> <laughs> it's so that's great. awesome world wide web is three syllables www is nine syllables <laughs> that's brilliant here's the last little bit that i oh, yeah, go ahead. oh well, go, go ahead no no i was just well, gonna say that one... reminds me of something i learned recently uh well relearned probably um but i've been trying to keep in my head uh just because it's fun to be pedantic sometimes. Uh, and that's the difference between an acronym and an initialism. So acronyms oh. you can say, right? So like yeah. RBAC, I think, is considered sure. an acronym because you can yeah. pronounce it. Uh, role-based. Role-based access control, yeah. Yep. Uh, probably a terrible example, in my opinion, because it doesn't make a word, which would be a little more approachable. Um, sure. But I'm blanking on that. Whereas FBI... 
is not the same. It doesn't sound like a word. That would be an initialism. And and I oh. forget. I should I should be giving credit to somebody here, but I already forgot who reminded me that that was a thing. Um, anyway, so www reminded me that it's an initialism gotcha. that's longer than what it replaces, which is ridiculous, and I had not noticed. That's pretty funny. Okay, um, you're not getting out of this. You got to guess me the years, uh, but the end. <laughs> oh. I guess the years, but the end of the Alta Vista one. So. Um, it was one of the most popular search engines in the early WWW World Wide Web. Google didn't overtake AltaVista until 2001. AltaVista was eventually purchased by Yahoo in 2003. So, what do you think? So, I remember AltaVista and I remember Netscape. What I cannot place in my brain is whether or not, like, logging into Prodigy preceded using Netscape as a browser. Yeah. I, I want to say it did, which which makes me think that Netscape came in like 91, 2, which would put AltaVista at like 3, 4. And I know I nice, gave you man. more than one guess, but I'm, I'm, that's, that's where I'm sticking. No, you're you're good. So it's not. It, it was ninety four for Netscape and ninety five for Alta Vista. I was ah, concerned you weren't going to go back early. far enough. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. 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 So so I knew like uh, that was enough of like in my childhood memories that mm-hmm. I could I could reasonably bound it. But there was no way I was going to nail that. I don't I don't remember enough about when was what. And I mean honestly, like that that phase went from literal prodigy i think prodigy was the first access i had to the internet on a dial up like 16 baud modem you want to talk about Mm -hmm. pain 20 minutes to like get in and then very quickly you ended up on aol with all of its free media showing up in the mail and then post aol which was still in that same like five-year gap before the early 2000s you're using Dogpile all of a sudden for your search engine. You're you're finding freely available other versions of internet providers that are also on a clock, just like AOL was. And it's such a blender in my memory that I don't yeah. think I could pin any of that down. But I I, I had fuzzy enough, so I'm, gl- I'm well, glad so I got close. You're talking about for, uh, fuzzy memories. I, I'm just curious before we get onto the topics here. When you think about core memories of your childhood when you think about it from a computer or internet perspective, what are the top like one or two things that, that stick out to you? Oh man. Um, getting disconnected because I did not have two phone lines in my house and downloading an MP3 at three and change megs would take a week on my connection. <laughs> and that was untenable, probably more like a day and a half, but that was still pretty bad. Cause obviously somebody's going to pick up the phone. Um, I remember that very distinctly. I remember my first PC that I I bought with my money, right? Like mm-hmm. so had saved up and I was thinking about this the other day cuz I just built a new new computer. That's your fault by the way. Um <laughs> and uh <laughs> give me 5 minutes to argue with nope, you on leave that. It at that. Nope. <laughs> Not no no counter arguments. Um and uh I I if I remember correctly, I spent $1200 plus or minus tax, right, uh, in like 93 to build a Pentium something. I am not the kind of person that would remember every stat from that kind of thing, sorry. Um, but like if if I go back and I were to find that 
that PC, I think it would be just mind-boggling how how pathetic the stats were, other than relative to what was available at the time. I mean, it had the Sound Blaster card, and it had more memory than it needed, whatever. And I bought it from one of those, you know, three-letter, like, corner store, actual brick-and-mortar PC places. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember they would put their... They'd put their spec sheets like on the window. And so I would I like have my mom stop the car, I'd get out and I would just read the spec sheet, like dreaming about it right there. It's not like I had a cell phone in my pocket. I can just whip it out, take a picture. I had to stop at that store to look at that spec sheet and dream about having all five hundred and twelve megabytes of memory or whatever it was, because it was pathetically yeah. small compared to today. And I remember like when I bought it, I got the receipt and the receipt was on the like the printer carbon paper that had the white layer on top and then the pink and the yellow or the yellow and the pink. I forget the order. And uh, and I just I remember looking at it like paid in full and it was twelve hundred and thirteen dollars and cents. And it was my entire life savings to that point yeah. in time. And and I brought it home and of course immediately started opining about modifying this, that, or the other. And the next computer I did, what was not like bought outright, I built it um, because I could disassemble that one. And I remember taking that one apart, which was horrifying because when I put it back together, <laughs> yes. it wouldn't host. <laughs> Yep. So, so, like, Anybody I who's uh, done some engine work uh, can, can uh, oh man. You're so, like, wait, why do I have four it, extra bolts and two extra seals and it won't start? <laughs> what is happening? It, and I know that's a really long second, right? But like the, I rem- I think it was memory, which it's always memory when you're building a computer and it won't post. It's either now, today, it's like clock speeds and it's, that motherboard recognized it wrong. But back in the day, I was horrified I was going to break everything trying to push a, a dim into the slot because you have to apply a good amount of pressure and really get the click click, and uh, and that just felt wrong. So I think I, I you know I just didn't give it enough when I was putting it in, and of course it wasn't in the slot, so it didn't boot. And I was just so scared that I had ruined every dollar I'd ever earned on that thing. So I love that was it. a distinct memory. Um, I think, uh... Let's see what what was the third. And then I want to hear yours. But the... I'll give you two real quick. So yeah, do the, it, do it. the the click and the feel of turning on the uh, the Altex speakers that were on the desk. Um, <laughs> I, I just I can hear it and I can feel it. You know that was. Awesome. And then, dude, I will I will forever remember the very first time I saw GTA uh, in your brother's room <laughs> on his computer yes. or on that computer that was in your brother's room. I don't know if it was his computer or not. Whatever, but that's funny. Blew my mind. I, like blew my mind from a video game perspective. I think this is I the top I down. Lot, if anyone, I have yeah. a lot of core memories of computers, but I think the next one is actually just the scream of a dial-up modem. I yeah. will never unhear that sound. <laughs> right. I was trying to avoid I won't, that I won't. One, That's for sure. No, like in, I, but I can't. I can't. Like, like I keep thinking yeah. through it, and there's so many things that I remember about it. I remember the corner of the room that my that the family computer was in. I remember calling my dad because I couldn't start warlords which was a dos based game that that i'm to this day certain i did not understand how to play all i wanted to do was find a castle and hit the button that raised it 
because I thought it was a funny word and it was cool to see the rubble at the end. I'm not even sure that I appreciated that raising was destroying the because it made no sense. It's like you raise puppies, you don't raise castles, but dragons right. are cool. So I'm going there. Anyways, I, I think and my dad could probably confirm this. So I hope he listens to this one soon. But I think I called him every day and I was like, how do I start a game on the computer? And he tolerated that somehow because the answer was always run commands in DOS. And I was like, born top concept, whatever. I just want to raise castles like I raise puppies, which is confusing. Different word, different spelling. So, so Thank how you, do I Rick get here? Joe, for helping your son. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Awesome. But yeah, no, the, the list goes on. There were so many, so many little goofy. I remember chatting on AIM with friends in high school and, and that being just like the world of communication at the time. Finally oh, getting a man. PC in my own room was a total game changer. Um, getting in trouble for doing stupid things on the internet early because it was a family computer. What are you going to do? But yeah, no, sure. all, it's so many, so many things. Get Oh, yep. one of the fun ones was when like shared stuff started to come out like you're like LimeWires, Kazaz, Napster, obviously mm-hmm. right at the beginning of that and, and spending the days upon days upon days to get something like a TV show or a music video. And then it just being screaming goats or, or something <laughs> right? even less acceptable. Dude. <laughs> sometimes I will think about, sometimes I'll think about how much time I wasted um, curating or editing my MP3 list so that way they, yes, it was all yes. it was all formatted the same. Just yes. just making sure that it didn't have all these random characters in it, nope. and that there was like the artist. Oh, there were apps space, for that. Dash. Well, there was a brilliant app for that. But I didn't I didn't even trust that. Right, I had to do it, oh, and so man, I can't I even tell you how many hours I spent just editing. Like kids, kids will never know. It's just they snap <laughs> their fingers. They just they don't even have to touch anything. They just say out loud what songs they want. And then it just happens. Oh, that's insane. a perfect transition for something I want to talk right. about today. So Hit we're going to get into yeah. that. Let's but do before it. we do, there were apps that would modify all of all the file names, file names, make them pretty, yeah. put them in the folders that gave the right album with the right year without modifying. Like you didn't have to touch it. No, for Some years, batch processing garbage. stuff there. But then it fixed yeah. all the metadata. And it was yes. like when that happened, it was like, ah. Oh. And of course, we were like six days away from it being streamed and just being accurate and higher fidelity and all that crap. But right. Yeah. Anyways, so you talked about it just like you say it and it's there. Um, I noticed literally today, maybe yesterday. No, it was today. It was all today. Um, uh, a buddy of mine on Twitter, um, uh, Stephen Fowler, if if you want to know who it was, Steve Fowler, uh, he tweeted something about um, Excel formulas using GPT-3. And I, you know, I made a comment. I was like, tell me more, right? Well, two hours later or something, I'm, I'm just quick flicking through Reddit. And all of a sudden in the Excel subreddit, which of course I follow. Uh, <laughs> He's such a... He, People That's are just amazing. going crazy about using <laughs> using AI, so GPT three based AI machines to auto generate Excel formulas, answer questions, create v, uh, yeah. VBA scripts to do this stuff, and and people started like in these threads, which mind you usually have tell like me it's one impressive and a half responses. Tell me it's blew impressive. My though. mind. Yeah, people were people were putting examples of what they wrote into the prompt. And what they got as output. And I'm like, I spent a year doing that at Lockheed accidentally, by the way, but Bro. but I did it. And yeah. in a 
bot can write that crap now. And I'm sure yep. it requires tremendous amounts of modification to make it do. But the formulas that it was spitting out were syntactically accurate and incredibly complicated. <laughs> it's like, what? Yes. Oh my gosh. Years of human effort were just reduced to a chat bot. <laughs> Dude, and I'm trying to figure out too, because I've now... I, as you were saying this, I just submitted my fifth uh, prompt into chat GPT and it is just absolutely blowing my mind. There, so yes. there was somebody who was, awesome. who was, um, yeah, they were, they were viral on social media for a little while by having people tell them how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then they would follow <laughs> the ingredients exactly right. It was just like their kids or, you know, a neighbor or something. Sure, right? sure, sure, and sure. it would show you how jacked up the, like how much you're assuming right. as a human in, in the language. Right. So I was like, all right, have chat GPT. T tell me and they are so precise i'm like you so wow precise. okay you're not gonna mess this up like what is this this is so impressive i was asking That's it to wild. tell me about products that i sell 100 yes. accurate i was asking it to tell me about some like functional fitness training things all this and it's just like oh man that's so that's written so well. And now I'm like, all right, is this plagiarized? Is this pulled from a website? Like, do I copy well, paste this, go into Google? Like, <laughs> so, what, what, are, how are they doing this? And I prompted it three different times on the same thing, and it gives me a different version of it every time, but it's still so good. It's like, what? So, so I love this. Um, I'm going to butcher it. So I'm actually not going to give the whole story. We're going to have John Nicholson back on the show, and he's going to tell this one, and we just need to earmark it for it. But John played a game where he submitted a paper and because it was going through, you know, the, the, um, anti-plagiarist, you know, uh, ecosystem, like all those products yeah. that actually look and they compare all the phrasing and stuff like that. It was a heavily quoted paper. I, I think is if I remember correctly from what he said, but he actually submitted it, but he intentionally did something with his paper to put it through a system that used an open source license that would mm -hmm. force anything that used it to also carry that license, thereby making it illegal to pass through those systems. <laughs> and it was around like IP security and, and information wow. stuff. So it like like it basically like okay, you get it. But uh, he should tell the story one because John's a phenomenal storyteller in that regard. But two because it's hilarious at the same time. But all of that to say like. I've seen goofy threads on Twitter where people are like, tell me one thing about GPT-3 that's actually useful. And I've, in, in like three days, I have just, I've heard you say stuff like, I plug in my product that tells me all of the right things about it. I've heard people yeah. that write blogs say, I put my prompt into the blog, comparing technology A to technology B, it spits out a shell that is 90% right or 80% yes. right, and then I go and correct it. And yeah, that takes time. It's not like, boom, published, done, which, yay, human's still relevant, right? And then you look at Excel and that tool we joke about all the time. It, businesses are run on Excel. Accounting right. is done for mega firms in Excel. Like AI helping there will save tremendous yes. amounts of time. And it's going from blank page impressive. to yes, it's not. It's not going to be perfect, but blank page to ninety-two percent correct. Yes, holy huge. cow! Absolutely huge. There's a guy that I'm working with, a friend of mine, and I'll just be super vague on this, but. He's working on a on a on a, a program, not like an application, but a program for people. And he put in a prompt for it, and it it's put out oh an amazing God. starting point for him to go execute on his business. It's like 
That's insane. This is just, where is this coming from? How? You, Why? You know, and really it comes back in two that, seconds. It like it, it thinks for two seconds and it starts printing it. Right. It's horrifying and it's brilliant. And also what you just said is a tangent to something else I want to talk about today. So beautiful. Yeah, transition. dude, put it in a robot uh, in my house that I can talk I, to. I, and happening. It's totally gonna happen. Uh, yeah. Um but <laughs> like I, I see both sides of this one real fast. One is if if eighty percent of the minutiae is done for you, what humans are going to be able to do to hockey stick our world is going yeah. to be absolutely off off the charts amazing. But that's only for people that have initiative and mm. arguably some understanding. What it's do you mean by horrifying. that? Well, you that's can take not, an eighty percent right. Yep. Well, yeah, you can take an eighty percent right baseline, but you have to have the energy and understanding. The, the want, if you will, to yes. take that to a hundred percent to awesome. Yeah. And because so much was done for you, you're going to get there faster, which means that as a, an entire species, we're going to move faster, like wildly faster than the hockey stick we're already in when it comes to technological growth. Right. But the fact that a, a bot with a prompt can write a VBA script that might viably solve problems means that it is going to get really weird really fast for people yes. who don't have some understanding and some initiative, right? Like, we're getting really close to that being better than some low-effort employees. That's going to be yeah. really strange for humanity and yes. economies, right? So yeah. let's hope we figure that one out sooner than later. And that's one of those problems I'm glad I'm not solving yet. Dude, and this is going to get, I mean, we, we see in video games how realistic things look and being able to create, you know, humans that don't actually exist. Yes, right? oh my God. And then you can do the same thing with voice. And now you mm -hmm. plug this in and now you can video chat with, with support representatives for companies and you're not quite Ooh, sure if this real. is a human or not. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? The, one I, the like, one I talked to at Google today was very human. They talked entirely too much. We're going to have to have some secret code that we try to keep away from chat GPT to determine if they're a human or not. I'm going to need a brief mode button if that was not I'm gonna, a human. Yeah. I'm going to need you to, to click this box. Okay. That's, yeah. Uh, okay. So, so transition. All right, yeah. Uh, you mm -hmm. talked about having AI in your room. I learned two things in the last couple of weeks that blew my mind. One is uh somebody on twitter was and i think they said they were going to do a kickstarter with it but they built a one u rack server with 40 raspberry pi cm4 modules in it and the cm4 is a it's called compute module 4 it's it's similar to the pi b plus i think but it's they're different they have lots of carrier boards designed to be sort of stacked on top of different stuff um anyways 40 of them basically add up to 680 or 620 40 something like that arm cores 20 terabytes of memory, a boatload of storage, like wild amounts of compute in a tiny, tiny footprint that consumes something like 260 watts at, at peak, you know, run rate. Mm -hmm. And I think about throwing little chips into those, which brings me to the other one. Did, do you know what Coral is? Trick question, mm, uh, by the way. Well... <laughs> my brain is running through a few different things that are called coral, but what are you, what are you talking about? Are you talking about an application or a, are uh, you a programming language? With, are you familiar with Google's coral? No, I don't know Google's coral. So I did, I don't know how I missed this because it's totally up my alley for neat, fun things. 
Google released a TPU, a tensor processing unit. In Wait, did we? M2 and a USB form factor. I don't know if this, we talked okay, about Okay, this is we looking did, familiar now. Yeah, so, coral.ai. So so, uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yes. So, so it is. It is. It is designed for AI. It it is particularly well suited for image processing, as I understand it, right? But it is a tiny, tiny, tiny M2 form factor. We're talking like stick of gum, and I forget the form factor denominations for M2, but it's the smallest one or one of the smallest ones, not yeah. the full length, you know, uh, stick of gum. It's one of the smaller ones, mm -hmm. and. Um, it's a dual TPU chip. The thing can do just insane amounts of image recognition um, on on a tiny, tiny chip at like two watts of power. I mean, you can't find them right now because they're being used in everything. And boards that carry cheap, things like CM, yeah, they're like thirty-five dollars as retail. You can't get one now. You can find them for like two hundred bucks. Yeah, um, there's like fifteen, fifteen bucks up to hundred bucks, just depending on what you want on yeah. them. They should be stupid inexpensive, and they have a yeah. USB version and an M2 version. Um, it, but the what what's crazy about them is that at at fifteen to thirty five dollars, these things can do like simultaneous video streams with object and facial recognition, like it's nothing using two watts of power. I mean, we're talking, we're sipping That's crazy. the kind of stuff that runs a TI calculator yeah. with the light in the room kind of. Right, it steps outside for a second. Right? Again, going back to the robot. Yeah, steps outside, repowers from the sun for a second. <laughs> it's good Absolute for another week. Insanity, right? And and so they have carrier boards for these AM scared, or CM4 Tyler. Raspberry Pi. I know. I'm getting so scared. Carrier, I'm just telling they you. They have carrier boards for CM4s, all that crazy stuff that was sitting to one rack unit. This is what what's a rack unit? Like an inch, inch and a half of that's 1.75 inches. Yeah, there you go. 1.75 and then depth depends on the on the unit. Anyways, yeah. They have carrier boards for these that will hold multiple M2 chips. And you could probably run 32 simultaneous 4k streams through one of those tpu chips one and yeah. get like 100 millisecond response time for image recognition facial recognition like <laughs> they are monstrously good at what they do and it, this is all just culminating right now and then you have gpt3 writing your blogs and setting up your business plans <laughs> like Dude. if people don't understand how fascinating and horrifying ai is at this point they should <laughs> yeah are we being a little bit like you know old man yells at cloud though like i always want to i'm know, excited about it I, yeah. I think it's brilliant like it's going to be well, i'm excited and, about and it knows. too but just how much it feels like it could be out of control is it the same like i try to re rewind in my brain to the 90s people are looking at maybe the internet or something like that. And are they saying, did they say the same sorts of things? I don't know. I was in elementary were, and middle school. Were they wrong? The internet led to <laughs> no, social media. Weren't. Social media is a cluster F. <laughs> is, is death. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Okay. Well, you're right. No, that's great. I'm that's not, great. I'm right. not sure I agree with Elon Musk saying that like, if we don't solve this problem, then the Martian colonization that we're going to do is going to fail, which is just kind of weird in general, but but yeah, like, I, I think it's okay to yell at these clouds because the conversations better be happening about how we make yes. sure we're going to be okay while we go through this. Because I think Dude, the technology, yeah. the technology is there to do some absolutely wild things for displacement of demanding humans. Yeah. And and the last thing you want to do, in my opinion, is dumb everybody down to where 
bringing a plate of food, food, food is the only thing you do. Like yeah. you, you still want to prepare them. You still want to be like, you would think of all the things that art would be one of those areas that we don't infringe on with AI by. We already talked about no. this. Yeah, we did there. Art, so if you haven't listened to that episode. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. And there, like there's different um, eras and styles of art. And we're sure. watching AI invent styles of art that we haven't Which even is thought of. Horrifying. Incredible. If you think about how relevant, like the way the human brain works is and that being important, which I'm not sure it is. I think we are creative enough. And I, I'm not like the, um, oh, I'm going to totally fail in my cultural reference here, but it, this is, I don't, I don't think Skynet when I think AI and taking over, but I do, I do fear like Facebook and, uh, what was the, Oh, the weird cell company around all of the political stuff. Uh, I'm Cyberdyne, something like that. <laughs> no, no. What are you What are you talking about? Pretty sure that was from a video game. Um, yeah, no, but I, no, I'm trying to figure uh, out what you're talking about. There was, uh, I I forget the name. It was kind of the beginning of the end of Facebook uh, as far as their success globally. Um, it, it was something started with a C. I'm pretty sure. I'm mm. I'm blanking on it right now, but. It, it was they fed all this data to this entity and this entity came back and basically created viral like messaging to drive populace in a certain direction. Cambridge Anal Analytica. Oh, okay. yes. Okay. I know what you're talking about now. So, yep. so Cambridge, Ca Analytica. Cambridge Analytica yeah. is, is the scary side of where this stuff goes, right? Sure. I think yelling at clouds and being concerned about where this goes is wise because yeah. you want to shortcut. And I'm, I, I don't know enough well, about Analytica and what Facebook was doing to say that it was all bad, but, yeah. but it sure feels bad now. And, and so having those, well, there was no regulation against angry, it. Right. Well, and that's right. why you're saying, and I agree a thousand percent Just start the conversation. having the conversation. Yes. The conversation needs to be happening. If it's not happening, yes. these companies are doing these things everything we just talked about, right? And more that you don't know about. Uh, and then government will follow in years to come uh, around regulations. But yeah, we need to be having the conversation publicly. Hey, we are okay with this. We are not okay with this. Right. So, and, and, and I really want some more Black Mirror them. episodes while we're at it. And I think that drives <laughs> right. a lot of the conversation. <laughs> that is probably true. That, that's a horrifying, you know. That, you know, they, they stopped making it because it was too real. Because like it's it was scary. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. It was like giving people ideas and oh, they, like geez. they would that start they to write an episode on now. Yeah. They would start to write an episode that was like this deemed futuristic thing. And then all of a sudden it was in the news and they're like, Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, we're not CSI Miami. That's Jeez. just taking things from the headlines. We're trying to talk about the future here, but pretty soon we're actually going to be able to enhance, 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 enhance indefinitely. And then we're going to see that like somebody's <laughs> reflection on that pinhead of a needle. And it's going to be like, wow, that was all there on that sensor. Well, that doesn't even sound physically possible. All right, Speaking this, of physically me, possible. Yes. Do oh, it. Hit it. Dang it. I had another transition. It was beautiful. That was um, perfect. Fusion. Yes, and I knew vision. you were going to go there. Okay. And 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 just for Russ, how they're different, right? Vision, we take real big, heavy stuff like plutonium and uranium, and we separate their core atomic structure, and it's very violent and explosive. That's a super dumbed-down version. Uh, fusion is breaking it which, apart, and fusion yeah. is putting them together. Cutting, cutting right? it, yeah, yeah, cutting, cutting or, or it, or combining you know, them. 
electrons yeah. basically. So so fusion Splitting is smashing things combining. together more or less. So just like so the word cleave, fusion, which can be used to to separate and to put together. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Really? You can cleave things together? Yeah, you can cleave things together okay. and you can cleave things apart. Huh. Yeah. It's most it's mostly used as like a cleaver to separate things, but anyway. Yeah, I I really didn't put them together. So yeah. I'm a physics dork. I think we know that. Um, and the the latest and very heavy in the news physics thing was the Lawrence Liverpool National Laboratory, which is the laboratory in the United States. Uh, your sister did something with them, did she not? She did. Yeah, we need to bring her I back on the show. So. Yeah, She's we should. Super smarter um, on that. That's in is is that are they in Los Alamos or is it uh, New Mexico, right? Yeah. That's yep. what that yeah. So any this is an aside, but that that laboratory um, had a groundbreaking finding recently, which in in the field of sort of fusion reactor uh, research, and there there's something worth pointing out because we've talked about a couple of cool fusion breakthroughs recently, and even even I was thinking like, wait, didn't we already kind of have this? And the, the answer is no. So. There, there are two major, there are probably more, but there are two really kind of front-running fusion technologies right now. Um, one is the tokamak reactors, which I think is what we were talking about the last time in there. Tokamak. I think they're the tokamak, T-O-K-A-M-A-K. Yeah, T-O-K-A-M-A-K They're like egg-shaped, some sort of elliptoid, right? And in tokamak reactors, they... I forget what the process is, even like lay, but they basically they take hydrogen um, as as a mass of molecules, and they I want I think they superheat it in like a magnetic field, so it's yeah, and specifically a, and specifically it, a poloidal magnetic field. Just so oh, you know. poloidal. There you go. Uh, uh, yeah. So polarity matters. I assume is all that. that yeah. There's a so there's a pol poloidal that's like rotating around it. And then there's a helical magnetic field that that rotates perpendicular like a donut. That kind of makes so sense. There's, hey. there's a ring that goes around the donut. But the donut is the helical, and the the ring yeah. that goes around it is so, a poloidal. So the the whole point of the magnetic field is to keep the stuff, in this case, hydrogen, in this cloud away from things because when fusion starts, it's real effing hot, like sun hot, right? Literally, that's how the sun works. Fusion is how the sun produces all of its heat and light. And so, so in the tokamak Sorry. reactor, they create a plasma and to create the plasma, they're stripping all the electrons off, right? And, and that's what makes it a plasma. So they're taking the hydrogen atom, which is a proton and an electron, and they're basically creating a pool of like goo that is electrons that aren't really affinity to the, the protons anymore. This is super lay because I don't remember how any of this works. And it's not terribly important because it's not how the, uh, the new finding was found. Anyways, that's how they get all of the hydrogen atoms or that probably deuterium close. Deuterium is just, it's hydrogen that One has an extra neutron. So it has something yeah. in it that it shouldn't, quote have deuterium it's also called heavy water we use this for cooling because shocker there's it's denser so it actually pulls in more heat very useful for current nuclear cooling stuff like that um anyways that's how that's part of the way that they get the hydrogen atoms close enough to each other to actually eventually come together 
in, in tokamak reactors. The Lawrence Liverpool Labs experiment is called inertial confinement fusion. And this was really fun to read back into. And I shared a video in the TBP channel, um, the, the t.me TBP Tech Breakfast podcast, right? Yeah, let me get that um, right. t.me yeah, slash Tech Breakfast, if you want to join, which I highly encourage you to do. Drop in and share links of cool tech news that you've seen or join the conversation what we're talking about real time. So, so this was cool because to do fusion in, in the inertial confinement method, right? You, you basically take a pinhead's worth of deuterium, what we were just describing, which is hydrogen that has an extra neutron in it, and tritium, which is another neutron on a hydrogen atom, like in, the, in that center. And that happens from uh, bombardment, right? So uh, it happens naturally in our atmosphere because we're getting hit by cosmic rays and sometimes an extra neutron just gets deposited basically into uh, a hydrogen atom. Um, it's probably more complicated than that, but I'm trying to just paint the picture, right? We put deuterium and tritium next to each other. And if I'm butchering those names, sorry, chemists. Um, we basically put it on a pinhead. We put it in this little canister. And I don't, I don't know if the canister is actually made of lithium or it's made of something else, but re regardless, we bombard that little canister with a boatload of laser energy, just freaking concentrated heat, hot, awesome sauce. These are those uh, VX canisters from The Rock, right? With the little green balls? Probably. You have to Only slide out. Much, and, like, much smaller. From... I think. I think it said it was half a BB's <laughs> worth of total radius. I hope I hope that it looks like those canisters. I don't think half of a BB's total radius. Yeah. So if you took okay. a BB like from a BB gun and you yeah. made the radius half of that, this is the size of the material sitting in the middle. This this is relevant actually. So yeah. It, so it's it about two millimeters canister. then. Sure. A BB's like four millimeters. Will be able to wrap their head around that. Um, that's. 2.25.4 no, less uh, units than an inch, right? Divisible by? We're, we're not going there. I don't know, man. Um, operating meters. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just kidding. <laughs> sorry. I'm throwing your story <laughs> so up, man. I'm sorry. We shoo a bunch of lasers at that canister. The canister literally starts throwing off x-rays, so electrons okay. going crazy fast. When those electrons impart their energy to the outside of that cool ball, the ball explodes, and it explodes in a fiery, fiery explosion called fusion. And because of the design of all of the things, that initial explosion actually forces the deuterium and the tritium in the center to get even closer to each other. So this is why we don't need the oh, plasma wow. in this type of fusion reaction. And so the initial explosion is basically pushing all the stuff in the middle closer. And as it gets closer, they naturally fuse. And when deuterium and tritium come together, and then when they fuse, right? Or I think that's right. Or it's when hydrogen infuses with deuterium. Yes, it, I think it is deuterium yeah, and tritium. When they come when they together, fuse, the, the resulting atom, molecule right? The resulting molecule is less massive than the sum of the tritium and the deuterium that came together. And all hmm. of the, the other mass is converted into energy. So, boom, right? Yeah. And this experiment is the first experiment, which is going to be confirmed 
in lots of places, we hope. I'm sure that they are further along that confirmation process than I hope some of some of the other earlier foundings that didn't get kind of proved out were. But it it produced roughly one and a half times the amount of energy that they put into it, which that's the breakthrough. We, that's we've wild. Done, we've done this containment method before. We've used tokamak reactors. So the initial confinement, this finding produces more energy than we put into it. Lots of problems to solve going forward. And is Namely, it self-sustaining at that point? Or like where, how? This is one of the problems is that it's not yeah. a sustained reaction, right? So that's one problem. Um, it, it's sustained long enough to produce more energy than went into it. That's actually a huge step forward. So sustained is relative. It could have been microseconds initially. Now we're talking about milliseconds. Who knows exactly? I, I forget. Or I did not read or don't recall how long this one lasted, but it lasted long enough to produce more external energy than internal. And I think I read one thing that actually said the sensors that they had designed to absorb the energy to measure it in the first place, some of them were destroyed because the energy exceeded what they expected. This is a good thing, right? Because mm -hmm. ultimately this ends up being a fairly fine margin sort of problem. But the beauty is that hydrogen is incredibly readily available on Earth. There's tons and tons of time. It is the most common element, right? The the tritium, unfortunately, is not very common, but it is both naturally and artificially producible. So it naturally occurs and it's art artificially producible. Interestingly, it is a byproduct of nuclear reactors, whether they're fission or fusion, or can be part of a fusion reaction. They're always part of a fission reaction today because heavy water, again, using deuterium, will sometimes get those extra neutrons and so they actually have to filter out the tritium which today they sell and they'll make stuff like glowy watches and stuff like that because it, it has something like a seven year half-life or 12 i think it's 12 12 and change and mm -hmm. it glows but it, i don't think it's dangerous in small quantities um but it is radiative and so if we were to like turn on reactors tomorrow what was i reading it said that there is less than seven and a half kilograms of naturally occurring tritium in the entire global um, uh, e ecosystems, the wrong word, that life yeah. cycle of, of hydrogen is less than seven and a half kilograms. Yeah. If we were to run like the world's largest tokamak today, we'd need a kilogram a year to do it. That's mm. that's not good math, right? right. So we yeah. need to produce more. Right now, I think there there are uh, a bunch of fission reactors in France, unfortunately, that I think are getting late in their life. So we're talking about shutting them down already. Those produce roughly half a kilogram of tritium annually, I think. So obviously, when they get late in so life, what is it like? I mean, the steering column starts rattling, or like what's happening? <laughs> obviously. Um, I, I don't remember actually all the details. I, I had a really neat professor uh, in college, actually part of an exchange program in Germany that was super into um, fission nuclear reactions and powering basically the world on it. This is one of those like energy density problems. If you get 200 megawatts from a cup of gasoline or whatever, you're, you're going to get 8,000 times that in a cup of uranium. So by comparison, nuclear energy is incredibly abundant in that regard, mm -hmm. right? It, it has unfortunate waste properties, 
more manageable than probably is presented to the average person. But the 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 age of the reactor, I think, has a lot to do with basically problems with confinement. So mm. you can imagine with yeah. with a That's reactor, it's like a like a leaky got, sub kind of a deal. Yeah, you you've got a fissionable material, and you're it, it's a chain reaction. You want the the stuff to keep blowing up, basically, and firing right. off all these higher energy particles. You can do a lot of cool stuff to prevent it from throwing off. That's actually how how you slow them down and shut them down too. You you I think it's usually beryllium, barium or beryllium. I think it's beryllium. They they do like beryllium shells over them, and beryllium's kind of like lead and concrete. They're they're they just absorb like it just stops a lot of high energy particles. They're very very dense materials, but they don't stop all of them. And anytime you put something in the vicinity of high energy particles, it has the tendency to degrade over time. And so at some point, there's kind of a point of no return without totally revamping it. So you have to shut them down, clean them up. That changes efficiencies. There's, yeah, and then uh, you. Turn it into an Airbnb, right? <laughs> yeah, obviously, just a tiny little radioactive silo. Um, and and we will probably have similar problems with uh, fusion, but on a much much lower scale because the products of fusion compared to fission are wildly less radioactive. Like tritium is probably one of the most radioactive substances in that. And tritium, in small quantities, again, isn't terribly dangerous. It takes a tiny amount of tritium to produce massive amounts of energy, which we can harvest the same way we harvest energy from practically everything, which is heating up water and creating steam, which I still find absolutely hilarious. doesn't matter how we're doing it. We're still just going to spin a fan with steam somewhere. Um, <laughs> right? It's just crazy. But but they're, they're like they're already talking about it's like a like Rube Goldberg solving... machine and it just <laughs> so it all funny. ends with steam going through a fan. <laughs> I yeah. know. Let's spin the fan with a tiny sun. Yeah, let's do that. That's, That's right. fusion. That's how we got That's to fusion. Right. So fission was let's do it with bombs. Fusion <laughs> is let's do it with suns, which is like right. a different kind of bomb. Um, yeah, but but it's a much less dirty. Put the fan out in moving bomb. air or moving water. Yeah, right, exactly. right, right. That's exactly <laughs> what we do. So, but what's cool is uh, so again that tritium problem. Um, hydrogen is everywhere, like the oceans, right? Full of it. H two O hydrogen's in all of it. Um, making heavy water is not terribly difficult. We produce it all the time. I, I, think it is also naturally occurring. I don't know if that's just from bombardment or, or if it's just that easy. But uh, so the deuterium's easy, easy to sort of get. It's very, very abundant. And if you were to create like a heat blanket, I think is how they refer to it. It's it's like a think like a waterfall, a sheet of water that is heavy water that has lithium in it, you can produce more tritium readily. Now Lithium actually Wait, is what? very common relatively. Yeah. So, so you lost me produce, on that. We produce tritium and I don't Are you know. You're talking about process, a waterfall? So, what you said, heavy eh, water falling with lithium in it. You, I don't know if it needs to be an actual waterfall. I don't understand how they do this quote water blanket. Um, and I, okay. it may actually not be a salt problem either. I don't know enough, but yeah, I'll just ask chat we, GPT. They'll, they'll explain it to me real quick. They might, they might, um, <laughs> We Water we want to use yeah no. well so lead lead's one of the other ones no that's I think that's, that's part of it or that can what? be okay. but if lithium is used to produce tritium artificially 
one problem with that is that okay. lithium is used in a lot of other stuff, i.e. batteries today. Um, lithium is very abundant relative to most things, but we're still, we still have like an extraction supply demand problem with lithium, I would argue at this point. So it'd be nice if we got to our molten sodium batteries real quick, like, so we could use the lithium for tritium production. But this is one of the things is that you could potentially use a liquid that has lithium and deuterium in it. So heavy water and lithium that both acts as the way to extract heat, which is not something that they were doing in this uh, Lawrence, Liverpool, Lawrence Liverpool Labs experiment, as I understand it. You could extract the heat, run the fans, create the actual generation of electricity, and simultaneously produce the off-product of tritium, which is a fuel for the reactor, which is pretty freaking cool. So... That was a long tirade because I'm super excited about it because it's freaking awesome. And I hope I got all that right. But I'm kind of a fake scientist now, being that I haven't been in physics classes for a very long time. I'm just an enthusiast. Okay. Um, that was incredible. And I just, this thing just popped up here F35B. Do you know what that is? That's the Stovall variant. The yeah. The short vertical landing. It's the Marine. Yeah. Marine I didn't one. know that there was that. Yeah, I didn't know there was a on. this Go thing. Google, this, it's an uh, F-35. Like there's video. This just happened in Fort Worth. There was an F-35B. It's like hovering over the uh, the yeah. runway. Pilot ejects, and the thing is, it just kind of falls to the ground super the slowly, ground. and then like nice. yeah, and then kind of awkwardly falls over. I did Wait, not know an F-35 over. could do that. Yeah, it landed well, I, on all its well, wheels, and then all of a sudden, oh. it just kind of like tipped over like a, a three-wheeled trike or something. Bounced too hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the yeah, pilot so, ejects after it's on the ground. Ooh, well, that's ooh. weird. Yeah, it looks okay. That's yeah. So I've I've been in F-35Bs before they were complete. When so was I this? I got to stand. I I actually inspected F-35B, um, the lift fan base, which is just another jet engine, but it's right behind the cockpit. That's how they do the cool floaty stuff or part of how they do the cool floaty I didn't know, stuff. I had no idea that this existed. Yeah. That the F-35 oh, could yeah. just hover like that. So there are three variants of the F-35 uh, initially. I think there are still only three variants today. I say three variants like they haven't been changed a thousand times. There are probably 500 different aircraft out there, but there are supposed to be three. There's the A variant. That's your conventional takeoff and landing standard sort of fighter jet or multi Yeah, what you think about when case. you think about an F-35. Yeah. yeah. Right. There's the Stovall variant, the B. Stovall was designed for the Marines, and it is more like a Harrier in the sense that it can both do all of the normal jet things as well as land vertically or take off in a very, very short runway. Helpful for Marine-like activities. Yeah. Marine. In Stovall, if you don't know, it's an, is it an acronym? Short takeoff. As we were talking about at landing. the beginning? Yeah, Stovall is an acronym, not an <laughs> short not initialism. Short yeah, takeoff. vertical landing. landing. Got it. Yeah. T-O-T-O. Okay, so that's two of them. Yeah. I knew about the Harrier. Um, I didn't know there was an F-35 the, version that did the, the same thing. The C version is the carrier version. It's designed to take okay. off from the Navy's warships. And so it, it has oh. a much wider wingspan, relatively speaking, and a number of other things that are beefed up so that it doesn't collapse and destroy itself when it lands on a ship, as an example. Uh, okay. So, so it's more um, like more sturdy, I guess, because it's coming down. Yeah, there, the... there are other things that changed, but the biggest one is that it's just got 
much wider wingspan and uh yeah it 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 is sturdier like the drop tests for those look quite a bit different than the other ones because okay. it's intended to basically drop but yeah i also the, didn't realize that there were only one seat in an f-35 yeah not a two-seater single engine single seat yeah top gun made me think there were two of them in like every fighter jet <laughs> so some people okay. were pissed about that really they why would they why would you be pissed about not having two seats in it. People are pissed like, about it, everything, man. That's true. That's true. Back to the internet conversation. We, we get we get angry. We're we're all uh, back uh, backseat drivers for military industrial complex decisions. I mean, to be fair, it's tax dollars and it's lots of them. So you could have a vested interest. It's okay. Yeah, it helps if you know what the hell you're talking about, though. Right. Okay. Just um, shouldn't stop you from talking about it. Yeah, sorry. Okay, I, yeah. Did I interrupt? Were you were you done with the fusion fission thing? I didn't mean to yeah, interrupt. No, I, I lost. Nope, just, totally, totally lost it. I, I, that was my whole tirade. I was, su- I'm super excited about it because look, fusion it, it goes to that whole fuel thing. Fusion right. is, if we figure it out, like it's literally actually the answer to unlimited clean energy, right? right. Like it's a big freaking deal. And if we can do all that stuff in AI in two watts on a chip, like doesn't we're we're gonna be okay if we can just yeah. figure out the energy thing. The sun's impressive. Think, it's even more impressive. You think it offers got a tiny one in your hand? Yeah. Do you think it offers significant um, significant advancements for space exploration? Or you think there's other things to 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 solve? Yeah, for probably. First there? Yeah. I don't I don't know enough about how fusion could be used as like a propellant. I don't know if it's gonna get you out of the atmosphere. I doubt it, right? That's not really how it No, I think it's more like space travel once you're up. But yeah. But if you think about the fact that like what's the what's the example? A cup of hydrogen with a small amount of tritium, relatively speaking, a cup of hydrogen will power your house for a year. So a cup of water uh, worth of hydrogen is and there's more than hydrogen in that, so you know probably even less than that from a grams perspective can do an awful lot of electricity production, assuming again, that we get this all the way through to extraction and that it's still net benefit. So it's incredibly dense and available. So that's, that's fantastic. So it, it, yeah, I think I, I don't know. I don't know enough about like the, the byproducts of fusion and how, how the, the life cycle of those byproducts is usable. In, yeah. Like the grand. I'm trying to things. find comparisons here. Cause in like in spacecraft pr- propulsion, you have a, a hall effect thruster. It's an ion thruster, um, a propellant accelerated by an electric field. And they're saying here that a fusion plasma. Uh, so like exhaust speeds generated from a fusion plasma. Um, sure. Uh, reactor would be roughly a, a thousand times that of of, a, of an ion like a hall effect thruster well, there you go so yeah so, yes if you had enough people and you could get to the right speed you can exit our solar system and still be alive but then you're then you're so so stinking far away from anything like sure you're yeah. out of our solar system but you're near nothing so you will travel yeah. for a long time before you are still not just closer to our solar that's, system than we're gonna anything have to else. figure out that stasis stuff you got to put people yeah. to sleep and maintain their health 
yeah. if you're going to travel that far or just plan for it to be generational. There's going to be a lot of uh, sacrifice in that, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. You make it out of our Oort cloud and then you're just, you just buy yourself <laughs> forever. You just use the word Oort cloud. Well, that's what it's called. I know. It's just a fun word. <laughs> okay. Are we done here? Is there anything else you want to talk about? That was that was nope. wildly educational. It was fun. I, I hope it was accurate. It was pretty <laughs> accurate. I was Googling you uh, as you were talking. Not Googling you. Googling what you were saying just to try to keep up because you're you so me. smart on this stuff. You should GTP3 me. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Okay. Cool. Shut it down. Yeah. That brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Thanks for joining us. I hope that was fun. It was certainly fun for me. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Tell your friends. Join us in the Telegram channel. Bye. Adios.